0: Greetings from the Long Island Sound podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right. Enjoy the show.
1: Thanks for joining us for the Long Island Sound podcast. Each week, we explore new music and dive deeper with the artists and their stories behind the music. Please
0: subscribe and rate and review us wherever you stream this podcast. Here's your host, Steve Yusko. Today, we travel to the Hamptons, East Hampton, that is, to meet a fantastic trio of artists with diverse backgrounds in music. We'll unpack four of their songs, which cross various genres, and discover artists of various disciplines outside of their music. They call themselves Out East. There's so much to learn and enjoy in this episode. Stick with us check out their song, Just Dissatisfied, featuring Starlight Tyler on vocals.
2: to sign.
0: Today's episode brings us out to the East End of Long Island. You know, the Hamptons can boast about their beautiful shoreline, their infamous celebrity sightings and posh mansions, their glorious farmland and home to the arts. But the Out East Band is unique in that besides their prowess in the performing arts, we'll discover a commercial artist, a photographic artist, and a luthier. Their music is as diverse as the landscape of the East End. And so I welcome John Jinks. Carlos Barrios and Jerry Gilliberti to the Long Island Sound Podcast. Hey Jerry, did I pronounce your your name right? Uh it's a really Gilliberti, but that's Giliberti. Okay. Well, you know, we gotta get it right. <laughs> Jerry Gilliberti. Hey. There's so much great practice and research on my end, huh? <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I really appreciate your time uh, in being here. Okay, thank, thank you. you. So, we got, we got all three guys here. So, let's see how, how good they get along and who fights for, to, for the microphone.
3: <laughs> well, there's a fourth person who's not here that we added recently. This is John okay. um And her name is Starlight Tyler. Oh, um, okay. Female vocalist that we've added uh, this year. And she's starting to work. We're starting to write songs with her and uh, a nice addition.
0: So she's featured in the song that we heard the audience heard prior to your introduction, just dissatisfied. If I recall, that's true. All right. So now you're more than a trio. Now you got a gal in the process. That puts an interesting dynamic to things. So let's start from the beginning. How'd you guys, how did you guys meet? I'll,
3: I'll, I'll start with that. Um, so we've all lived out here forever. Um, you know, 20 plus years Mm -hmm. and, uh, I' just basically through playing in bands, and Jerry and I were in a trio, actually the original out East, which was quite a few years ago. but it was with a guitarist named Brian clerk who moved away mm-hmm. and uh, so that's how Jerry and I uh kind of met uh, to start this group and then Carlos we've met through again he used to come to our gigs, yeah first off, but also through his uh practice of making guitars and he's in the community too. And so then I knew he was a bass player and uh, we just put the group together and that's pretty much been it.
0: Nice. How long you guys been together?
3: About three years, probably. This is Carlos. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, actually, actually I, I met Carlos when uh, we had taken a break from the original out East and uh, John and Carlos were playing together. And I remember seeing him at an art opening. They were playing as a duo. And that was the first time I had seen Carlos, uh, you know, playing with John. Although I did know Carlos because we used to have a Thursday night jam session that Carlos was at. So I kind of knew him then. But I didn't know him as, uh, you know, working with uh, John. So that was all kind of new.
0: Cool. I always ask, I kind of run into this question. I'll ask each of you to kind of respond to this individually is, at what age did music find you, and when did you really come to the conclusion of, hey, I can really do this? Why don't we start with you, John?
3: Oh, okay. Uh, well, I s- certainly, teenage years, um, picked up a guitar, you know, the whole thing of wanting to meet girls, and, you know, as <laughs> most, most teenage boys do. Right. Um, but I was into uh, certainly that the scene and uh, got into. Fusion music, actually. And I was playing in bands through high school, into college, and gotten to, I don't know, all different kinds of music, even though it started with that fusion stuff, but went into more of a rock, alt-rock thing. And when I lived in New York City, um, was playing in a lot of bands and um, was mainly playing bass. And this mm. has been the first band that I was playing guitar in as a lead instrument and singing and writing so and that's the other thing is probably about 80 85 percent of material i've written for this band the rest is is covers but it's it's we're pretty much an original band so nice
0: yeah it's i I always make this distinction with um artists who actually apply the trade of taking the muse and developing it as opposed to the rest of us who Written a thousand pieces of songs in our heads that uh, go out into the ether. So uh, I have a big admiration for singer songwriters who actually um, go through their craft and and woodshed it. Not only their instruments, but also also the the uh, the songwriting practices. Uh, I find very unique. We'll get in that to a little bit later. How about you, Carlos? Well, um, I moved
1: from Guatemala. That's where I'm from originally. Uh, back in 85 and I, I live in LA for about five years and then mm-hmm. I moved, when I moved to East Hampton back in 1990 um, I started traveling with my uh, a cousin of mine that uh, plays piano so I started seeing him you know rehearsing and, and going to gigs with him just listening to the music I noticed the bass player in the background over there you know <laughs> doing his thing and that's definitely what what called my attention about you know all pretty much all the groups there you see is it's only one bass player right <laughs> you right. can have two guitars two drummers you know two piano players there's only one bass player back there so that's that's what really called my attention And I started playing uh, around 93 oh okay yeah and um that's when I started doing the craft of uh repairing instruments.
0: Nice.
1: That's when I started uh, doing pretty much, uh, I actually started repairing instruments before I started learning uh, to play the bass.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. That's great. I got to tell you, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Uh, I got to tell you my Guatemala story. So, uh, so so just, just, just a snippet. It's my, it's actually my daughter Faith's story. And when uh, she's 27 now, but when she was 16, she went and did a service trip to Guatemala (laughs) And um, it was very eye-opening to her in a fantastic way to shape her life. Oh, wow. And uh, leaving the United States and getting outside of our bubble of affluence to a degree and going to another country, she was was predisposed to thinking they would be very sad poor people. And she was delighted to find out how joyous the people of Guatemala are and how colorful – how colorful their, their outfits were, and, and, and it just, uh, I'm, I'm smiling now because it brought such joy to my, my daughter so well,
1: well, I'm, I'm glad that that was a, that was a good way of, uh, you know, enjoying the country because it's, it's such a beautiful country for sure. I,
0: absolutely, and I have a couple of friends that I went to seminary with that were from Guatemala as well, and they're fine gentlemen, just, just really oh, that's, great that's guys. Great. Hey, Jerry, we're not ignoring you. We're, we're jumping to you, <laughs> so I hope you remember the question.
4: <laughs> yeah I, for me uh the music started really early because um my mother used to work at uh kresge's which is like kmart now and um they, the way it was set up was they would have like cosmetics and a counter for that and then records and so the young people that were at the record counter they would always give my mother records to bring home and then i get to listen to all these records and um eventually uh I decided my uncle was playing the sax. He was like a professional musician. I wanted to play the drums. So uh, my uncle got me uh, uh, someone who had a set of uh, Japanese type drums at that time. And I I got the set. I started practicing and um, I got into a little band, you know, with friends on the block. And uh, by, you know, 11 or 12, we had a band and we started playing around. Uh, any any place you know any party anything that we could do mm-hmm. and it just kept going on and um eventually that band stayed together when we started playing out in hampton bays uh, okay. and uh we rented a house and did all the summer stuff and started playing out here and um then that kind of broke up and i went back to nassau county i started working for agencies you know doing the um tuxedo thing every weekend playing (laughs) that kind of stuff yeah and then uh, I I eventually I moved to East Hampton uh, full-time and I got into rock bands out here and started playing I was doing you know like cover rock bands with originals and things like that and uh, eventually um, I got involved with John and Mm -hmm. we started playing uh, together so that's pretty much how it worked out for me
0: you know what you bring you bring back to me. I think we're probably in similar age. and I won't ask your ages unless you want to mm-hmm. give it up. But yeah. when, you, when you talk about getting the records, you know your mom getting the records handed to you. We used to have this place called I, I grew up in Levittown, Island Trees. Oh yeah, I grew yeah. up
4: in uh, Bethpage. All right,
0: so, uh, so yeah. we were we were neighbors. I grew up down the block from Pergaments on the I lived in Bethpage, but was in Island Trees School District. So, and yeah. and we'd we'd go to the record shop when well, we weren't getting our bowl cut haircuts um uh in pergaments, and I think it was like fifty cents of forty five or something like that, but you know couldn't afford much so whatever you got, you played to death, you know and it was right. just it was just great it was just yeah. kind of cool seeing you know what was on the chart you know uh, of of the top hits and and uh, it was a cool way to learn music and, and get influenced by it. Yeah, yeah. I, was,
4: I was in the same place. I went to Pergamon and uh, Jolly okay. Rogers and, oh, God, you know, wow. and all of that, you know. And, uh, you know, we used to actually make our own records. I know in, in, in uh, Jolly Rogers, uh, in Nunley's oh. Happy Land, they used to have like a, a place where you could record records. It cost like three bucks. It was a lot of money and you'd have to get, your, you know, your – Two or three guys together, and you record stupid songs, you know. Wow. So you could do all that. You you remember Smiley's Happyland? That was like part of Jolly oh, Rogers. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. By the way, it was it was it was designated as Smiley's Happyland. Nobody called it Smiley's Happyland. It was Jolly no. Rogers, and they had the bumper yeah. cars and the roller coaster, and. um the carousel with the, with the brass ring and the whole nine right. yards. And, and, uh, I was always too short for the damn bumper cars, you know, so that <laughs> that damaged me for the rest of my life. But, uh, yeah, so, so, we, you we, know, Oh yeah. Oh God. We'd watch, we'd yeah. watch the uh, Mickey mouse balloon ears flying over that left kid's hands would fly over our neighborhood. <laughs> you know, so. and, then, and then once the Beatles hit, that was it, you know,
4: that, so our- that changed everything.
0: Well, 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 Tell me, out of out of the three of you, what what were your your biggest? Were Were the Beatles your musical influence? Let's let's, let's go round robin again. John, what was your what did it for you? What grabbed you? God. Um. Well, I was kind of uh,
3: like I said, my starting. I was playing in uh, the, stage you, band, right. and the stage band, guitar in the stage band, and then playing bass in the orchestra, and then I was playing in rock bands. And I think back then uh, we were listening to like. Miles Davis, Live Evil and John McLaughlin and, uh, but still rock bands um, mm-hmm. and, 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 some blues. But so back the early stages then, but as time went on, uh, I mean, Oh, the gambit, I mean, everything from Led Zeppelin to Jaco Pastorius to, you know, we, in the band that I was playing with Jerry, we were doing some weather report stuff and, and just other things that, you know, then you get into the whole, I was into Brit pop for a while. I was into electronic music, mm-hmm. um, because I had a studio when I lived in uh, the city. I actually was doing my career as a visual artist, a commercial artist. Right. But it was in a studio where I had a full analog studio with 24-track machine and massive console and all this gear. Oh, neat. And, and then I was doing alt rock stuff, you know, and the grunge scene came in. But I was still into pop bands like Jellyfish and, you know, uh, different. So all kinds blur, you know, that whole era. That, that's,
0: that's kind of reflective in in your music because, and I don't I don't pigeonhole anybody into one genre. But just listening to what I could listen, you know, from your website and stuff, you, you know, you 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 cross the gamut, which I I found really interesting. Um, you know, as far as I, I love discovering you know, reminiscing about some music, but really discovering new genres and and exploring it. And as a band, that's pretty cool because it's a little challenging, I would think.
3: Yeah, we weren't trying this band. I mean, I tried to not just stick like oh we're an alt rock band or we're you know we tried to do all kinds of music blues and jazz and reggae and and of course rock too because we like to rock out but but it's uh i think it's just more interesting for the listener um because i think there's a lot of bands you hear out here and they do like one thing and after a set you're like done with us (laughs) right you you know we have three or four sets of material and it's different every set so it's kind of a nice we mix different things in we can do vocal harmony things and uh that's really great too and adding uh starlight was just a whole nother bonus because she's a powerhouse when she's really on i mean
0: wow so now, it's ha- really it's a really fi- great thing how'd you find starlight had she come into the group well, um, i know it's it's pretty recent but
3: yeah, but well, a few years ago, uh, like I said, this guy Brian that we were uh, playing with, Brian uh, is a amazing guitarist. He, mm-hmm. uh, he he was he's blind, and so he's had he had to have care. And okay. I was over at his house one day checking out guitar pedals and stuff. And Starlight was there doing volunteer work cooking for him. So she heard us talking and she heard me playing guitar. And so she popped her head into the room and said, oh, who who are you? And and then she introduced herself. She's a singer. And then pretty much the rest is history. It kind of led one thing led to another. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's chance meeting.
0: Well, Carlos, what was your influence? What would you say? What kind of hit you musically? Right
1: before I, I even started playing music, I, I was listening to a lot of Latin music, like the Cuban, Cuban music, uh, mm-hmm. like Tito Puente and Mongo Santa Maria and, you know, Cachao. Influence like that, you know, give me a lot of uh, background on the, on the bass. That this, sure. Is, you know, that the, the Latin music has a lot of influence, you know, bass influence mm-hmm. on their music. So... And when I moved to the states, uh, I started listening to Led Zeppelin and the Doors, you know, stuff like that. The Beatles mm-hmm. and Pink Floyd, you know, those were the the groups that definitely. Uh, and then I, after that, I discovered Jacko, <laughs> Jacko Pastorius, too. Oh it's wow! The, it's definitely it. Now, it go ahead. I'm that, sorry.
0: Uh, just I just want to mention to, to the audience, like all the different people, all your different influences that we're talking about, including what you guys do um, uh, besides music, we'll have links to those websites and those people in the chapter marks. Uh, so if you want to explore more about the people or you don't know about a certain person that we're talking about, you'll see a web link to that person. Uh, whether it's a wiki link or some of their music, so you can get an idea of who we're talking about, and also the background for you guys. Happy to uh, expose your other arts out there. So I uh,
4: appreciate it. Wonderful, wonderful. And Jerry, how about you? Uh, for me, um, there's a, a few of them in this band. I mostly do uh, background harmony. Uh, so for me, early Beach Boys and then the Beatles. Uh, but then I was really into Hendrix, and uh, and and a lot of. Um, the uh, 60s and early 70s soul music, like Sam and Dave. That's okay. where I, I, that type of drumming, I really like that. Also, in Mitch Mitchell, that, that type of thing. Uh, and so, those are my main influences uh, uh, in, for the type of music. Uh, it really it relates to some of the music we do here, but those are really my influences.
0: Nice. Why don't we do this? Let's take a break, guys. And when we get back, I want to talk about where you play around and then we'll we'll jump into another one of your songs. I think uh, it's time for the audience to hear some more of your work. So hang with us everybody, we'll be right back with Out East. At the Long Island Sound, we're much more than a podcast, we're building a community. Please go to gigdestiny.com, check out all our social media links, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast, please comment, call the listener line, tell us what you think, what questions we should ask, who we should have on the show. And most of all, we thank you for your generous support. And remember, support the artists who are guests on the show. Now, back to the hey, podcast. everybody! We're back with Out East, and we've got a trio of guys here with extremely diverse backgrounds, both musically and artistically. But I got to ask you guys, uh, what's the neighborhood that you play in? You're you're out in East Hampton, I guess, all three of you. Do you stick to the East End, or you you tra- do you go out from there?
3: Wait. Um, we stay pretty much out on the East End. Um, it's just the travel thing during the summer. Everyone knows the traffic is a snarling mess. So it, it's,
0: yeah, it sucks. <laughs> well,
3: you know, and if, say you got a gig, you got to play three sets, and then it's an hour and a half each way if you go too far west. So, so we even if we we play like in Montauk, Amagansett, uh, Southampton, um, Hampton Bays. I mean, we're staying. We would like to do some winery stuff, but it's again, uh, North Fork. We might branch out to the North Fork a little more. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple good places to play there. Uh, so in the, this next coming season, we'll see where, where that takes us. But everything else is, you know, there's a few venues out here. Montauk has a few places. Um, the Talk House is always fun. And so, you know, and we're actually playing there soon. So it's kind of oh, a, nice. a nice, uh, there's it's good it's for right now we've been getting some good gigs and it's been fun
0: great yeah the travel thing can can be kind of arduous for sure i know i live in babylon going out east you gotta you gotta plan it (laughs) yeah to get out there and it's never a friday afternoon (laughs) i'll tell you that you're you're out there on thursday if you're smart you know yeah um but i tell you it's um for people who don't know the east end is absolutely gorgeous it's otherworldly uh from um western suffolk county and nassau county which is more densely populated densely residential and i i i equate the hamptons and the north fork to new england really more new england than uh new york um for that matter so um hey let's uh i'm kind of babbling here i apologize let's talk about the song flower power if you can give me some background on that john and then we'll we'll take a listen to that
3: okay um I wrote that song a long time ago, actually, uh, when I had, like I said, when I lived in New York city and I was kind of writing a piece that was like, Eleanor Rigby esque, And I wrote it with just to be with guitar and strings and then vocals. That was it. So Mm -hmm. it was a very stripped down, you know, like you, you know, Eleanor Rigby has those strings, you know, and how it's kind of like that kind of thing. And, um, but, when this band was put together we started just playing it like a rock tune and didn't do the full like production that's on the website so okay. i thought well let's bring that back let's you know i'll write some string parts uh we'll do some fun stuff i started playing this uh double neck guitar that i had converted to an electric sitar oh, so wow. so that's on there but now i actually play the song with a real electric sitar not converted guitar, even though that guitar is really cool to Dan Electro. But um, so it kind of just went that way. And we started uh, figuring out a way and using uh, some samples. Uh, Jerry plays a Panasonic hand sonic thing with tabla samples. And we have a a loop going on part of it that's a Tanpura, which we used to. Carlos used to play a real Tanpura, which is just a four note drone. Um, that you use to start the song so it's uh, we thought well this is crazy just record it and you know hit a loop Um, so we use that and it's just it blossomed into this thing that's uh, uh, more of an epic song Uh, we don't perform it in that many places because it's some places just wouldn't get this type of song because it's a (laughs) a psychedelic tune but still has uh, you know as well, rock, you know, rock, with rock.
0: with CBD shops uh, about to open up all over the place. it could be a pretty popular <laughs> tune, you know, yeah yeah, I think you're right. We'll have to might even that. be a branding theme tune for some uh, <laughs> shops. I'm just giving I'm an ideas man. That's all I can say. Right. hey, i got I gotta ask you this, John. How was it tackling the electric sitar? I mean, that is such a unique instrument,
3: well, you know, it's funny because when i uh, I bought this Tampura a few years back, and The same time, I could have. It was at an estate sale, and and this guy had a sitar too, and I thought, Hmm. oh man, I can't buy that sitar because it's so. It is. It's like you have to really get into it. I just didn't have the time, but after I got this guitar that I converted to a sitar, um, I thought, wow, this is such a cool sound. So then I was able to find an electric electrified one, and just you know, like anything else, you start messing with it. I'm I'm a good enough musician. I can put something together, but I also tune it to the song. A sitar is normally in C or D or C sharp. I tune it to E, which is the, uh, the, you know, the key of the song. So Mm -hmm. it, so that helps. Um, and it's, uh, you know, but it is, yeah, it's one of those things that just adds another, uh, kind of flavor to the tune.
0: Now me being a total layman when it comes to that, what's the unique part of the sitar that gives it its sound, you know, where, where the, the face of the guitar and, and the wood gives it its sound through the bridge. What does it for the sitar?
3: Well, the, the sitar, if you know, when you hit the string and it has a kind of that uh, twang to it, mm-hmm. that's because the string is actually hitting the bridge in a way that makes it vibrate w- with the bridge. So it kind of hits it, not like a like a guitar bridge is, and it gives it that sound, okay. but... The thing about it is it's really only a few notes that are the strings are, and they they're pretty much fourths and the roots. so it's a real easy kind of way to play uh, or a fifths in the root. so you can really, as much as you would think it's not, you're only using two strings really. On a sitar, mm-hmm. the rest you just hit and have them either as drones or they're the root sound. So you're using a melody string mainly two two strings. So you can you know it's like just think about playing a guitar with two strings and then hitting drone strings. It's kind of like that. Uh, way to think about it Um, and then you have sympathetic strings that this electric guitar uh, the way I've got it set up I can't hit the sympathetic strings you know when you hear like on some of the Beatles stuff where it sounds like a like a harp would do like that the the Mm -hmm. glissando down of, of a whole set of strings that's really cool to have that on a sitar but my electric sitar doesn't have that gotcha
0: all right. Don't give all the mystery away. Don't tell me it's easy. <laughs> it's a damn hard instrument to play. And it this is. guy's an expert at it. Okay. We'll just cut out the simple stuff, you know? <laughs> hey everybody, let's have a listen to flower power. We'll be right back after the song. Have a listen. Back, what a great tune, uh, "Flower Power." <laughs> it's just the sitar—that's the coolest thing. And and uh, you guys kind of shine in that song. I really, I really like listening to it. Hey, you know what? There's this mystique. So I'm a guy from Levittown, and uh, you know, celebrity sightings out east. You know, you've got to run it. You got to run into celebrities every day out there when you're walking on the street. I would think. <laughs>
3: As you do, yeah.
0: You know, going down, down to the deli to get a pack of smokes and, you know, so uh, we were talking, the reason why I'm joking about this, I was talking off uh, in the break, I was talking to John. So John, why don't you tell us your story about Paul?
3: Okay. So there was, uh, this is years ago when he was uh, still married and uh, there was a friend of mine that was a cook at a, at a, a restaurant out here. And he's a drummer too, so I knew him through music. And he would, uh, he'd like hip us. Paul McCartney used to come to this place. So he'd mm-hmm. hip us when he was going to show up. And so we, a small little group of us, would like go and like, we're all waiting for Paul. You know, <laughs> so, so was, and he, he would,
0: was he, was he a vegetarian then? You know, I don't know. This was Cause, more, he, is, cause he is today. Yeah. yeah that, this yeah.
3: was, uh, this wasn't a vegetarian restaurant, it was okay. more like a pubby kind of place. Anyway, okay. so we went and um we're waiting there and he came with his wife and they were at the bar and he came over and said hello and we and we were like, hey, you know, love your work kind of thing, like I mean, what do you say to this guy? So, it exactly but he was right. very friendly. He wasn't at cuz there was hardly anybody in the place too. But it right. was it was really great. It, it wasn't uh, pretentious or anything weird, and it was, you know, here I am telling it on my podcast, you know. So oh,
0: that's, that's neat. That's just a little. how about how about any other guys or are you just with the common folk?
3: <laughs> well, I, one other thing, I used to play in a band in the city with all these Broadway stars, and okay. the guy that was the guitarist in the band, his name's Michael Cerverus. Major Broadway guy at the time he was doing, uh, Tommy, he was Tommy in Tommy uh, on Broadway. And through that, of course, you know, the Pete Townsend connection. So there was at one point, I am jamming in a guy's living room with Pete Townsend in New York. Come on. No, I'm not kidding. And it was just like, you know, people with guitars hanging out, you know, smoking weed, drinking beers it was crazy but i got to, we also did a performance right after them at the china club and okay. it, it was so loud i had to turn i was playing bass i turned entwenzel's amp down half of what he had and it was still freaking loud <laughs>
0: <laughs> no,
4: was, oh my god it
3: was crazy that was wow. uh Thunderfingers fingers
0: loud. they used to call him i think right yeah yeah it's true Thunderfingers. Uh,
4: I've never met anybody out here. I think I've seen some, but I did get to meet uh, Pete Best. If oh, any, anybody knows who that is? And uh, I was on a tour, uh, uh, a Beatle tour that in England and in Liverpool, and uh, we got to go to see uh, the Casbar where his mother had this underground uh, club. And uh, Pete Best was there and he greeted everybody. And then um, during that time, they had a, a big festival and he actually played with his band there were all these uh tribute uh beetle bands really cool ones you know mm-hmm. uh, it was a big it was a really big uh, festival that they were having in liverpool and uh so you know pete best he's a little obscure but uh got to got to meet him and some of the colleagues and saw some of his early drum sets that he had and things like that so as for a drummer it was it was a lot of fun
0: that's neat, you know. You, when you when you can touch a, a piece of history, you know, that's kind of kind of neat uh, to me. Now, now Carlos. Um, so Carlos is a luthier. He makes. Uh, you tell me, Carlos. I know. I know. In your bio, there's one particular guy that jumped out at me. Yeah. Uh, so what? If you can talk about it,
1: you know. Yeah, tell yeah me I it. can. I just made the G's a couple of did years he pay,
0: ago. Did he pay
1: his bill? That's what I oh. did, did, did he pay, Did he tip well? He, yeah, <laughs> he, he definitely, he, he's such a, a really nice person, you know. He's a very down-to-earth person. And, uh-huh. uh, you, you know, know, he always uh, comes in and says, yeah, I bring one, but he always brings two, you know. Every right, right. He, he brings his guitar to my shop. But um, very, very down-to-earth person, you know. I, I met um, Chad Smith from... Um, Chili peppers, also a couple of oh, times wow. uh, at the talk house through a friend of mine. You know, we we got introduced a couple of times. You know, it's just that's my encounter with celebrities. Nice. But, now, um, where's your
0: is your shop in Sag Harbor?
1: No, it's in uh, East Hampton.
0: Oh, it is in East yeah. Hampton. Okay, yeah.
1: okay. It's in my house. You know, I have a small shop outside where I do all my um, rough cuttings and stuff like that, and then I work uh, out of my basement. I have my shop and my basement where. I can have a control environment for all the material that I have, you nice. know. and every time I, you know like September is probably the best the best time to mill material,
0: really, yeah,
1: okay. I usually do it once a year, and um this year i'm I'm just hesitant to do it because we still have a little too much moisture in the air, you know, really, but,
0: it's almost like making pizza dough, yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah because you know I've been I've been aging the material for you know over 20 years that I haven't uh, living in my house so yeah. I have material that I have that long in there so if I if I introduce moisture to it I'm gonna be jeopardized those 20 years of of being dry you know every time I cut a kit it's gotta be with the right temperature and the right uh weather for it so I don't I don't waste any of that time of of me drying the material.
0: Mm. How is it how is it getting um exotic woods is it difficult or do you have enough of stock over what you've you know, accumulated over the through years?
1: Through the years over 35 years that I've been collecting material because before I even knew I was going to be a luthier I collect material because my dad uh, was a carpenter. Okay. And wow. uh, we worked together in this country for many years. And then um, I, I collect material to make uh, furniture because that's okay. what I wanted to, to do to begin with, with that sure. material. But um, when I got introduced to music and, like I said, going to the gigs with my cousin, really opened a, a totally different door of, uh, of um, creativity. Mm-hmm. On the instruments, you know, when I when I start playing the bass, I start listening to Jacko and I wanted to have a fretless bass.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, I, you know, I I I looked for it for for a couple of months and then I said, you know what, I can I can make one of them. <laughs> and that's what I did. That's when I my work with instruments uh, began.
0: Now, I got to I got to ask you this, because at least as far as a knucklehead from Levittown knows, luthiers are not easy to find. Do you study under somebody to become luthier? Are you self-taught? I'm I mean, self-taught. How did,
1: how did... I'm a self-taught luthier. Wow! Uh, uh, and then and,
0: and then it's word of mouth, basically. Pretty much uh, all
1: all these years that I that I the you know two years ago, three years ago, I made cars, but I never did. Um, the last few years, I've been trying to advertise a little, more, a little more. I just don't want to get overloaded with with uh, instruments because then, then you're losing the precious time with each instrument, you know. Right, And right. that's that's what I want to deliver. I just want to deliver quality, and nice. I, that's what I, you know, finally. Right. Uh, so I, uh, I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to explain two ends of the spectrum. So we have a luthier in Carlos that is so good, in particular about when he actually cuts his wood, okay? And I'm going to tell you my horror story. (laughs) I had an Ovation guitar with a cedar top, not thinking that it should be in a humidified room with some moisture in the air. And I get a call from my daughter who was 12 at the time, and she said, hey, Dad, your guitar exploded. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? Yeah, the whole bridge just popped off. I'm like, holy shit. Yep. I re-glued it. It looked like crap, but it was playable, somewhat. But uh, yeah, it's important.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very important to even even apply a little moisture to the instrument. So you know the instrument is, is always expanding and contracting. Hmm. So you want to keep that that movement. You know.
0: Gotcha. Now, as I look at the guitars, you see those guitars behind me. So I, yeah. do I get a spray bottle and just spray them up? <laughs>
1: no, no, no. no? With a with a wet rag. You know,
0: I okay. yeah, I'm 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 really good at this music stuff. <laughs> is that why the strings are rusty? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, let's let's get into. Uh, I'd really like to talk about. So we talked about a little bit about um, Carlos as a luthier. Um, Jerry, tell me tell me about your work because I, I really love your bios on your website. Uh, by the way, the website is uh, outeastmusic.com. dot com. And the artwork, it just kind of blew me away. It just really kind of put a smile to my face when I see what you guys are into. So tell us a little bit about your background, Jerry.
4: Well, I, you know, I started out uh, in college as a graphic artist, you know, doing graphic art and mm-hmm. photography, you know, did weddings and things like that while I was in college. And and then eventually, uh, you know, I tried to do more of my own types of photography and uh, and eventually um, created a group with part of a group out here called the east end photographers group and eventually i just i've been running that for many many years now and we have a lot hmm. of art shows things like that uh here uh and different different locations from um, west hampton remsenburg uh east hampton south hampton uh even montauk you know they have uh, some places to, to show work and so i've been doing that for many many years uh And, you know, I had my own darkroom when uh, everyone was doing film, you know, and that's how I came up, you know, learning how to do film Mm -hmm. and having the darkroom. Actually, I still have my darkroom. It's kind of, uh, you know, I'm not doing anything in it right now. But uh, recently I started shooting some film again. So I have some film that I want to develop. But uh, I've been saying that for like a year and a half or more,
0: (laughs) you know, but everything's digital and now and now it's recorded and
4: now I'll put pressure on you to get
0: it done okay. because every, everyone's yeah. hearing about it there's no pressure like that you well know? The,
4: a lot of young people now are becoming to uh, discovering film and mm. uh, so that's kind of a kind of a new thing and uh, so you know but everything's uh, digital now so we have a lot of we just had uh, a show recently uh, at a place here called Ashwag Hall and that's in uh, East Hampton there's an art show there every weekend of different mm. types of art Uh, and, uh, so that's what I've been doing. I've been busy doing that and, uh, you know, hopefully I'm going to, I'm going to take a trip, a couple of trips soon this year, finally, and, uh, you know, get some new images. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We were at, I was out West. I
0: drove from Tucson, Arizona up to Utah with my daughter and then uh, Mount Zion national park was man. What's that picturesque. It was great. Great, great place to go. Uh, only spent a couple of days there, camped out there, and just really, really nice. I took a couple of pictures too, digital, of course. I, you know, it's interesting when you talk about the uh, younger people getting into the film. It's just like, you know, the vinyl uh, coming back, you know, where, where people are, uh, even artists are releasing albums with
4: a, a vinyl uh, counterpart to it. And cassettes too. I don't think it's going to go back to A tracks but definitely they're putting cassettes out as well. I know. I
0: had I had eight track in my '69 Nova. Loved it. <laughs> and I played The Doors, uh, Soft Parade, nonstop because I was crazy. <laughs> so, John, tell tell me about your your stuff. Looked really cool. Love the artwork. Um, pretty neat. So,
3: well, I was uh, I lived in this. I'm originally from the Midwest, and I moved to what? New York, to New York. What? Yeah.
0: Wh- why? Why? <laughs> exactly
3: what, what, I will never move you, back there
0: you were on the lamb what, what, what's going
3: on yeah exactly <laughs> pretty much it's like get me the hell out of here um no but I was and that's, I was in Wichita Kansas that's where I grew up but okay. uh um no I moved out to New York to uh follow my dream of being an illustrator and hmm. uh pretty much stayed in New York and uh kind of did the best i could and and did pretty well and so i was uh working a lot for after a few years uh at agencies and uh you know was a, one of the premier illustrators in the country really I had reps in japan i had reps on the west coast wow. i worked yeah. with all the the greats in new york you name it the agencies there i worked there wow. um, you know freelancing of course I was uh, f- my whole life was freelancing but um did that for a while, and but the whole time this is the interesting thing is uh, I had my, I was into music, and I had this studio, and I had this one easel in the corner and a drawing table, and that supported having this full-on uh, recording studio so it was interesting that you know, my passion was always music, but the work was the work, and I'd always been uh, you know, drawing and painting for years. But, uh, but the interesting thing looking at that work is that I was, uh, using an airbrush. So that was kind of something I discovered in college because mm-hmm. I was painting cars, uh, painting, ever, putting, ever,
0: putting the girls on the vans and stuff like that. No, not
3: doing that. No, just repairing, <laughs> repairing, you know, I wish, no, it was just doing that. Um, but, uh, but that turned into kind of like a, to help me with my career. And then after mm. that, discovered computers and cameras and started doing motion work uh which is on my website uh, for bands and different uh I did a lot of work for the pharma industry um okay. so I kind of branched out into that and uh you know and now all that stuff is kind of slowed a, a bit because uh, mm-hmm. of course covid killed everything um, right. That was freelanceable. Um, but in a way, it's kind of, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. But it's also, you know, it's uh, given me more time to focus on music, which has been great. And, and you, you, uh,
0: know what's, you know, it's refreshing to hear. And I, I interview a lot of musicians. And I've heard the sad stories of I had to put it down to do this or that support the family. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you were able to uh, all you guys, you know, uh, to get into the visual arts and the crafting with Carlos and play music and, and keep that alive and going and bring bring really um, all the things that you've been exposed to into your music really kind of forms who you are as, as out east today, you know, all those all those influences. And, and it's just refreshing to hear because I've heard the sad stories all the time, uh, too many to, to count, to be honest with you.
3: It's true. It's
0: very true. uh, What what song would you like uh, the audience to hear next?
3: How about if you put that live Wandering song so people could hear what the band sounds like live?
0: Okay. All right. So let's listen to Wandering. It's a live version. And when we come back, let's talk about the song. Sound good? Good. All right, everybody. Check it out. We'll be right back.
2: Cause I've been listening Cause I've been wanting
0: back guys from the song wandering who's going to tell us about it oh yeah
4: john can
3: okay i'll see. So, uh let's see what can we say about wandering well, it's one of the few politically oriented songs we do i mean the lyrics are basically yeah don't get fooled by uh the powers that be and that's so so, so important so yeah. timely
0: holy yeah. crap
3: yeah, today, um, you Absolutely. know, and it's also it's also what's nice is it has a nice message. It's about unity too. Um, it's it's kind of got there's a section of it that is kind of like oh this big uplifting kind of climax in the tune, um, but it's great. It's kind of uh, it's I think the only reggae tune we're doing right now. Yeah, that's the only one. Um, but it's definitely uh, it's our version. I mean, this is the thing. Any anything that we do, it's not like straight. Even like that, the tune that uh, Starlight sings on—that's that—is a minor blues that I wrote, but it's mm-hmm. not really a straight minor blues at all either. So it's kind of uh, we take a different twist to it. And Wandering is the same. We have a section where it goes into ska, it, uh, and then, it, like I said, it goes into this kind of hard, almost uh, chili pepperish type of thing where I'm playing wah wah guitar, and you know, it's just like funk gets funky, and then goes back to reggae. So it's a uh, interesting tune
4: and i get to do a, a drum solo so <laughs> that doesn't happen too much you know what so <laughs> they won't let like you a, <laughs> <laughs> hmm? what's the matter they won't let you <laughs> <laughs> well you know and um yeah so yeah, i get mean, to do a drum solo and it's kind I of like I a Latinish a little bit and then it goes off and and then we go into actually um it like we, we come right from the ska part into a drum solo and then Looks like it's then we kind of go. come back. So uh, it's, uh, it's really kind of different for us. So it's kind of a long – for people that have, have been listening, it's kind of a long piece, but it's, a, it's really fun. Neat. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Well,
0: I'll definitely, I'll definitely leave links to, to your other music if that's okay with you. It's on SoundCloud, I believe. I'll, I'll leave them in the chapter marks for people to discover your music and go from there. And then we'll also um, – so anyone who's a guest on on my program – is um, welcome to, uh, you know, I post any any of the stuff, any of the events, any of the gigs that you have on the Gig Destiny site. I actually share a Google calendar if you're interested uh, and, you know, just put the news up there where you're playing. So um, what, what events do you guys have coming up?
3: Pizza bar that's in uh, Amagansett. That's coming up on uh, the 30th of September. Mm-hmm. And then we're playing Halloween weekend at uh, the talk house in oh. amaganza nice. so that's a friday night that's the the friday that's the 28th of october um that'll be hey, fun do,
0: do you need tickets to get into the talk house these days or how do, how do they manage yeah it? yeah okay.
3: you gotta you gotta pay to get into that but we keep it cheap so that we play for the people
0: i knew i knew i liked you guys <laughs> how about how about a press pass for steve <laughs>
3: yeah, no, I'm sure yeah. we could probably get we'll
0: that. Yeah. yeah, I got to talk about out east. What I found kind of interesting during COVID, all right, this is this is out of left field, and we can get into any other events that I may have just jumped on your conversation, John. I apologize. Is I found that during COVID, you had this migration from Manhattan out east, where people said, you know what, I could work and stay here, and I'm sure that's changed things to a certain degree where you have more, what I would say, full-time residents out there. Have you seen that impact or not so
4: much? I've seen it, but actually right now it's starting to change back. We're starting to see a little bit of a change back because okay. COVID's essentially over but not, you know.
0: Right. And it's so, controllable, uh, yeah.
4: Yeah, so we've, we're finding that some people who didn't sell out and came out here and just sold out in the city and, and are now living here full-time, some people didn't, a lot of people didn't do that, so now they're kind of moving back, and so we're starting to see that, uh, and that's what I've been been told, and I've been seeing in my own neighborhood that that's happened, but yeah, there's a lot of people who are now full-timers.
1: Yeah, there's still there's still a lot of traffic every day, you know, it's it's. it's There's a lot more people living here now. Definitely, that 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 changed so much in the last two years. Yeah. So, like Jerry was saying, that a lot of people sold their stuff in uh, New York City and they would just move out.
0: Yeah. Back in back in the day, you could drive whether it's the North Fork or or the Hamptons. You know, once you got past Labor Day, you know, it was nice, quiet, and peaceful. You know, to a degree. Uh, a lot of contractors heading out and doing work during the off season. You know, you get what yeah. I call the contractor parade down Route 27, that everybody gets caught up in. You know.
1: Oh and no, that that trade parade trade is still parade. still on.
0: Still on, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: that's uh, you know. It's, but I will I, I
0: will say I see very uh, less uh, helicopters, affluent helicopters flying over Babylon yes. on the way out to the Hamptons. So yes, I'll, yeah, I'll take definitely
1: that that, that definitely helps <laughs> uh, during the summer. They're already here. That's why. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, yeah, that, that's right. So I uh, I John, I know I jumped on, you were talking about the events. Is there anything else that uh you want to point out? Um as far as what you got coming up beyond Steven's talkhouse?
3: Um well Carlos has an event coming up. Why don't you talk about that, Carlos?
0: Yeah. Let's plug
3: yeah, it. Yeah, we um the last few years we've been working on a documentary.
1: that oh. came upon um, a guitar that I was building and um tragically the the person who was going to get the guitar, uh, end up dying. Oh, I'm sorry. So it was, uh, it was an instrument that I wasn't going to finish. And I just left it in my table mm. until I, I met John. And that's how I actually, I met John through fixing instruments, you okay. know, some, some of his guitars. And, um, he came over the, to the shop and looked at the guitar. He asked me, "What's that over there?" And I gave him all the story and what I was doing to the to the bracing system that I was using on it, mm-hmm. which is pretty uh, innovative. Okay, in terms of enhancing sound to the to the instrument, very very uh, very different approach to to the bracing.
0: Mm.
1: So that's what I've been using all my instruments uh, since I discovered that. Nice. And yeah. um, he decided, because he's a filmmaker also, he decided to do a documentary about it. That's and great. Uh, that's going to be, we're trying to finish it uh, now, and uh, we're going to be showing it at the, uh, the church in okay. South Harbor.
0: Okay.
1: On uh, At the end of October. Wonderful. So that's going to be a, a, a knowledge Friday, they call it. <laughs> uh, that's what they, you know, they're trying to bring uh, the handmade uh, craft to South mm-hmm. Harbor. And they're doing a really good job with it. You know, they, they it, it, it became uh, that church, they remodeled it and, and it became a um, like an art center for the community.
0: Wow. That's so great. You got to let me know when that comes out because I'd love to yes. def, definitely yeah. repost it. Uh, and I'd love to see it. I'd find a, a great uh, interest in that. And, you know, you bring up a good point about, hey, you know, the, the American dream was send your kids off to college. And and it may have been your kid doesn't have to go to college. He can learn a trade and do very well and, exactly. and, and support themselves and do what they love. I think the tide, at least from an idea, is starting to turn. Um, and it's our education system that has to bring it along. Hey, I went to Catholic school. We didn't even have shop, which if you've seen any of my woodwork, you would say, yeah, he never took shop. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just uh, you know, if you if you like the craft, definitely you, you get into it for sure. Right. You what, know,
0: what, what's interesting what you do to me is that, you can build a piece of furniture, and no one worries about how it sounds unless the yes. drawer, drawer squeaks when it goes yes. in, right? Exactly. But you're you're working with wood to get tonality and and things that I don't know about out of it. And
1: that's actually the title of the documentary. It's oh, called come on! Really? In, in Search of Tone, the Guitar Maker's Path. That's the That's the nice. title.
0: Oh man, yeah. I love it. Oh, I, yes. I wish I wish you all the best with that.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yep.
0: All right. Any other events, Jerry? No. Jerry, any but... any future drum solos you have planned at all, or you kind of just go with it yeah. <laughs> when no one's paying attention? Right. <laughs> hey, I, I do want to hit one of the uh, one more song with you guys because I think you got great stuff. Tell me about the what what other song we should uh, profile here.
3: Uh, I guess then, we could do this. Uh, kind of a simple rocker called Brigitte that I uh, wrote about a lovely French girl I met on the streets of New York.
0: And where is she today?
3: In France. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm just here. blew the she's mystery. Oh, well. well, it's kind of like one of those where you, you know, it's a fling kind of thing, but she's still on your heart a little bit. So oh, how nice! <laughs> perfect inspiration for a song.
0: Wonderful. All right, everybody, let's listen to Brigitte. And we'll be right back after the song. Thanks so much, guys. We'll be right back. Hey everybody we're back after hearing what's that song john brigitte brigitte a long lost love with a little twinkle in our eye so i really appreciate that song hey guys it's really been great having you on the podcast you have such interesting backgrounds uh it's great that you guys are playing together uh and uh i could see some great growth uh and i can't wait to see you guys live uh, I'm going to do my best to try to make it to Stephen Talkhouse, um, especially if there's a ticket waiting there, and we'll call for Steve Yusko. <laughs> Are you there? Did, there I, will be. did I lose you? No, no. There, no, will, no, be. there, there, you there can, will be. There will
4: be. on the list. Yeah. on the list. <laughs> yeah.
0: No,
3: we definitely we're a good band to hear live. We we really put on a good show.
0: That's great. And that's that's a great place, too. So it's. Uh, yeah,
3: it is. It is.
1: It, good it, sh- chance,
0: it should definitely. be a lot of fun. So I, I end a lot of my podcasts like this. And it was something that uh, my friend Bob told me. He said, You know, you can account for what's in your bank and what you own. You can never account for what time you have left in this life. The fact that you guys gave me uh, a little over an hour of your time today, I really do appreciate it so much. Uh, it's been a real sure. pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.